Thanks for tuning in to Blokes of Wrestling on the Let's Get Ready Network, brother. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please, leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Brother, brother. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Twitch.tv slash LGR Network. We are live here with the debut episode of The Drop Kicks. It's a pro wrestling talk show. We'll be discussing a lot of what's going on in the news of professional wrestling, as well as doing a review of last night's episode of AEW Rampage. And joining me for my inaugural guest on the show today, we have from Schmoes of the North, Soda the Saxman. How you doing today, my man? I'm doing great, Dagan. I feel very honored you asked me to be your first guest, and I can't wait to talk wrestling because now I actually have people in my life I can talk wrestling with. Right? That's always fun. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So we're just going to start with a little bit of sort of about you and how you got into pro wrestling and sort of your background and some of the stuff that you watch now. Uh, give us a quick overview of uh, you so, as a pro wrestling fan. So my earliest memory goes back to the old LJN toys. And like the old school wrestling figures, nice. uh, yep. I, I wasn't watching back then, but my dad bought them because he grew up watching wrestling. He got to see Andre the Giant in his prime pre WWE days and all that stuff. So he was trying to kind of instill that on me. Um, growing up though, uh, where I'm at in Canada, we didn't have cable at that time, uh, proper cable. So I couldn't really watch WWE, but I was able to watch things like WCW Saturday night and th- those things. So I was watching mid nineties WCW a little bit. It wasn't until the Attitude Era hit that I finally started to watch because finally up here my parents got TSN, which is uh, the Canadian ESPN. That's what aired Monday Night Raw. And then the night after they aired uh, Nitro. So I was watching. So, right. so, okay. so for me, 2000 WCW, while I, it is really bad, I have a soft spot for it because, you know, yeah. it was the stuff I was watching at that time. And so when the invasion hit, I was all in because I'm like, I know those guys. Um, so that's basically my intro to it. And then I was definitely into it for a long time, waned off in about late 2010. And then the pipe bomb hit and that brought me right back. Um, and then, yeah, all of a sudden with AEW with everything that there's going on right now, like that's reignited my, my love of wrestling. So I didn't realize that I'd lost it. Like, I mean, I still watch WWE. I watched the pay-per-views because that's really the only thing I'm interested in is the matches there. But AEW remind, it reminds you why you became a wrestling fan in the first place. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Yeah. It's interesting that you say sort of see the pipe bomb promo from CM Punk in 2011 what brought you back into watching wrestling. For me, it was like The Shield, which was not okay. too, not too uh, you know, soon, not too far after that. Um, but it's interesting that now I think a lot of people, a lot of wrestling fans that maybe haven't been watching in a while, haven't been watching WWE, are now watching AEW because of CM Punk coming back there. So yeah. there's like an, an interesting through line with CM Punk. You know, it just it shows how much of a 
important figure he is in the overall history of pro wrestling. Exactly, because AEW was able to do the one thing WWE would never could, and that was bring CM Punk back to professional wrestling. And so a lot of those fans who fell off probably because Punk left WWE when they heard that, they're like, well, oh, there must be there must be something here if he's returning. You know, so I, I mean, yeah, they're they're doing everything right right at the moment. Um, I can't wait to see what we got coming because we're really you could say we're really truly only like one or two weeks into the so so called war because that to me CM Punk walking out was the first true salvo, like the first true shot of the war. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a war, but it's it's certainly well, that's why you competition. Used war, quote, unquote earlier. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people refer to that as sort of this competition. And, yeah. you know, uh, Ferris here brings up another interesting point. I'm, go- I'm going to watch AEW for a reason. Brian yeah. Danielson, somebody else that I feel like is bringing a lot of people in uh, that sure. haven't maybe watched in a while. So, and I, I'm yeah. curious because to me, my only experience with Brian, Daniel, with Brian Danielson is as Daniel Bryan. I've never seen any of his matches yeah. prior to that. So me now too. I'm actually excited to see what the American dragon can do, because even, even now there's still like a mythology about the American dragon. Cause you would hear like hard, like big time fans be like, Oh man, like you should have seen them back then. So that's so now we're actually going to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really, really cool. I think we're going to get mm-hmm. some all time classic matches from, from For Brian sure. Danielson and AEW. Yeah. yeah and and- Adam Cole there as well too. Like that just adds yep. more star power and more great matches. The only thing that sucks is you like some of the homegrown talent might be pushed down a little bit in terms of like those standings and stuff, but Hey man, more eyes on the product, which means more eyes on you. Yeah. And I think that bringing these guys in, yeah, as you're going to, you're going to give CM Punk a win over uh, Darby Allen, you know, you're going to mm. get, give Brian Danielson a title shot at Kenny Omega, but they're also there to elevate, these younger talent. And, yes. and while it might feel like they're being pushed back a little bit, it's actually the opposite of that. Cause you bring these guys in uh, for now they're in the spotlight, but eventually mm-hmm. they're going to put some of these younger guys over and then help build that next generation of wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. Cause now you're getting a lesson from the masters of the Indies. Like these are the guys that paved the way for the, where these newcomers are at now. Because when you think of the indies, especially with your our, like our generation of wrestling fans, like you think indies, normally you would think those guys, CM Punk, the Young Bucks, Daniel Bryanson, Adam Cole, like all, all, all those guys. So now you just have them all under one roof on national TV. Like, oh man, <laughs> well, yeah. look out for some good yeah. shit. <laughs> it is. I mean, and we sh- we saw it in the ratings this week that oh, yeah. people are really starting to tune in. That's you know, we're, we're talking about the news on this show, and that's definitely one of the big news topics of the, yeah. of the last few days is the, that uh, first off, the All Out uh, did over 200,000 buys, which is massive. First time any pay-per-view's done that in a long time. And yeah. the Dynamite show, well, you know, say what you will about the show, I, I thought it was kind of a subpar show you know, mm-hmm. compared to other Dynamites that we've gotten recently. Um, and, and, you know, it had them sort of rushing and rushing through Suzuki and Moxley and everything, but... Uh, it did. It showed in the ratings that people are really interested in this product right now. Yeah. They did a 1.3 million, which is, I think, their record. I think it was 1.32, which I believe is is sort of the new record. So, mm-hmm. and and the other, I think, most important part of the, the ratings here is that it did a 0.53 in that ever important 18 to 49 demo, which is actually more than Raw. Raw did a 0.52 yeah. this week. So, so the first beating time Raw in a really long time. Yes. 
that they beat Raw in eighteen to forty nine. So yeah. I think that's that's a massive deal. And sort of, uh, you're gonna get people online. They're gonna yell and scream about numbers and and sort of, oh yeah, well yeah, but they didn't they didn't get a uh, 1.5 yet, you know, kind of thing. But they might, they might eventually. Who knows? You know, it, I could and, keep growing. And then, and that's the thing right there when you were talking about that 0.5, like, that's the demographic that AEW is for because it is what it is. WWE is not for us anymore. For the most part, like, I mean, the matches are great and all that stuff, but like the characters and the storylines, it's not for us anymore. So you're going to probably see people my age, your age in that graphic is going to start going there more and more. And I think you're going to see it more often than not where AEW is going to beat them in that demographic because AEW is for that demographic. Yeah. When they do these massive things like bringing in Brian Danielson, Adam Mm. Cole, Ruby Soho, you know, um, they had Minoru Suzuki show up. It's like it's going to generate interest, and people are going to start talking about it a lot more. And I, I feel like I've I've actually noticed AEW. It feels like it's somehow hit the mainstream just in the yeah. over the last few weeks. Uh, and I think the start of that was obviously uh, CM Punk, but even before that, like when you had Malachi Black and Andrade. Mm-hmm debuting i mean people okay now we're starting to see yeah uh, especially malachi black because that's when it's like didn't he just didn't he have a 90 day no they didn't he didn't even have he had a 30 day i think 30 somebody made a clerical error yeah yeah Yeah, so so it's really kind of cool to see and and great to see the sort of uh people maybe around our age to tune in and watch the show it's like you you you're watching aew and it's it's fun it's a good time it feels like a wrestling show they celebrate wrestling Whereas WWE, you sometimes don't get that all that much. And actually, there's a perfect example this week of a big difference between AEW and uh, WWE. And that's how they treat the hometown talent. Because this week, AEW was in Cincinnati, which is home to Brian Pillman Jr. And also home to the late, great Brian Pillman. So they gave him a promo against MJF. They built him up. You know, the crowd is behind him. They had him have a match on Rampage where he won. Everything's cool. Everyone's having a good time. You fast forward to last night at WWE SmackDown in Madison Square Garden for the first time in a long time in New York the day before 9-11. And you have a member of the roster who is whose father died in 9-11 and they cut her match from the card. It's like for a company, it's, it's funny for a company that likes to tout how much all the good things they do all the goodwill they do you know we're behind our rent and then here's like probably the biggest pr thing they could have ever had in a long time where mm-hmm. we were the first company to come back and entertain folks after 9-11 20 years later we got one of the children of 9-11 on our roster could you imagine that and they completely cut her off the show yeah i mean that's vince though he, he yep. just makes those kind of decisions you know and yeah doesn't necessarily base them off of, you know, kind of doing the right thing. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I didn't get a chance to watch that SmackDown show yet, but I actually have been hearing good things other than, yes. you know, the the uh, Zelina's match being cut there. But for anything else I heard, it sounded like a pretty good show. It was uh, one of the I, best shows they put on in a, in a long time. Yeah, and I, I think, think WWE needs that right now. They need to yeah. have, like, a good show to really get themselves back, back up and right. I, I, like, hope, I hope we get that more because – WWE was always as best when they had competition. And so they need that competition to maybe get their butts in gear because 
reality. We all that's all we're watching for is we want good wrestling. That's all yeah. we are. All we I, are. And and that's the thing as a fan, like my uh, ideally, you know, I I don't want to be the guy shitting on WWE and mm. being like AW is awesome. Like it might, you know, I have my opinion on which show I like, obviously, mm. which ones I don't necessarily watch. But I just want it all to be great. Like yeah. in a, in an ideal world. SmackDown's great, Raw is great, NXT is great, you know, AEW's great, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, all of it's great. Like, yeah. that's kind of the point that I want to get to wrestling. So I, I hope, I mean, I love people's optimism of the fact that now that WWE has competition, mm. maybe they'll improve the, the sort of the quality of their shows yeah. and, and their booking. Uh, I, I don't necessarily have much faith in Vince McMahon in the fact that he changes his mind every five seconds. You know, that's it's a big, big problem right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would uh, would hope that they improve. In quality. Yeah, because so. like people like you and me, like we may criticize this because we want them to be better. We know they exactly. can be better. We've seen them do better. So that's why we criticize them is because we're, we're like, hey, like what happened here? Yeah, and, and and I I you know I love it. I love WWE. I grew up with WWE as a teenager. I always were. I've got the Attitude Era belt behind me. Like I'm a WWE guy. Hell for yeah. Life. But I mean AEW, just the one that right now is yep holding my interest. That's just the way it is. Absolutely, I 100% agree. And so it, you can sort of see that, that how happy some of these wrestlers are that have been yeah. coming in from from you know from the other show like Ruby, Ruby Soho. Yeah, Ruby Soho is a. a uh, which interview specifically? She uh, busted open or the busted open interview? Yeah, busted open. Yeah, nice to walk into a place and you feel accepted. Yeah, 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 and you could see it in her face. Like, and part of the other thing she was saying was that she has never gotten cheered before in her entire career. That's really? what it apparently like, which seems crazy to me. I mean, even on the Indies or something before uh, NXT. Like I, I certainly in WWE in her run there, I don't I don't seem to remember her ever really getting over. Um, and so to have I mean, her, dude, she was cheered, but not not what we're seeing right now. No, but right, but to have her come out to that sort of reception yeah. that she got, uh, I think was re- you could really tell because she was oh, for sure. very happy. She had a beaming smile on her face and the raw emotion there when she actually won that battle royale mm-hmm. and everything. So I, I think that a lot of these guys and, and gals coming in uh, know that AEW is the place where, as Ruby would say, where she feels like they, she could be accepted. And I, I think a lot, a lot, that's the case a lot with these guys. And sort of talking about that, the other news that sort of popped up this week um, was that potentially Kevin Owens, or a.k.a. <laughs> Kevin Steen, his contract is up in January of 22. Uh, which is only a few months away, and also possibly Sami Zayn as well. That, so, that has not been confirmed, though. It has not. The, there was a report that yeah. his contract was going to be up in the fall. That report was then dismissed. It is reported that it will be up soon, but we just don't know exactly when yet. However, with the case of Kevin Steen slash Owens, his contract definitely is up in January. He's been heavily teasing on social media already, uh, he posted a, a picture of his faction with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks at Ring of Honor, known as Rushmore. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not but how But in it. order to get there, yeah. he posted the co- coordinates, and the coordinates yeah. were to Mount Rushmore itself. So then people 
then we're reposting the picture yeah. and, and everything to them. Yeah, so I, I had to explain that to a buddy of mine this week because he yeah. loves wrestling just as much as us, but he's not familiar with some of those guys' early careers. So he's like, yeah, what were these coordinates? And I told him it leads to Mount Rushmore. And he's just like, well, what's Mount Rushmore? I'm like, it was an old school stable with the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, and Kevin Steen. Yeah. Like, could you imagine Kevin Steen in the elite? He would, he would fit, honestly, he would fit right in. Perfectly, yeah. Yeah. Me and my, my buddy Tyler, who's sometimes does the show with me, we've been de- debating about it a little bit as well, sort of, or just fantasy booking about, like, yeah. okay, Kevin Owens coming in in January is a very real possibility. Yeah. And to have him come in, like, okay, so they're building towards Hangman Page beating Kenny Omega for the title, most likely, right? Hopefully so in order to get there, uh, a lot of people are saying that the elite will break up and they will split apart. And with Adam Cole coming in and then potentially Kevin Steen coming in, those are some big egos in yeah. a group that's supposed to be unified, right? In in sort of the, mm-hmm. the, the goal of winning all the belts and being a bunch of dicks. So it's like, what is that going to do? What is Adam, right? Even now, like, what is Adam Cole? How is that going to play into that group? Kevin yeah. Steen coming in. These are some big egos. They are going to conflict with Kenny Omega. They're going to conflict with the Young Bucks. And I think we're going to see a split. And then eventually the idea is Hangman Page beating Kenny Omega for the title and then reuniting with the Elite. Because, like, be that's where this is leading. This is the long-term angle that I think a lot of people are sort of saying that it's going to lead is we are going to get a reunion of the Elite at some point down the line. But there's a lot of storytelling and a lot of stuff is going to happen between them. And you think we could have like a blood and blood and guts type thing between the elite and the stadium? Yeah. I, I would like to see that. Hell, even make it. I'm actually a fan of the stadium stampede. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would like to see them do a stadium stampede. I think that would be fun. Kevin yeah. Steen in a stadium stampede. You thought him jumping off the Titan <laughs> the WrestleMania sign was nuts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see. Let's get nuts. Right. I could see a sort of a combination of like uh, Kevin Steen and, and Adam Cole and the Bucks against like Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers and somebody and else. Hangman. Right. Yeah, sure. If, if there's a babyface turn there. Because yeah. um, it, it's interesting. I've noticed like I don't know if anybody watches Impact at all, but like I've been watching that show recently. And they've been coming. The Good Brothers have been coming out and getting cheered by everybody. In the really? impact zone. Those yeah. They, gimmicks are getting cheered. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting cheered. <laughs> but they did. They got cheered the other night and then they wow. quickly turned on the crowd. They were like, thanks for the cheers, but you're all a bunch of marks. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I was I, like, I, I'm sorry. They are good wrestlers, but I'm not into their gimmick whatsoever. I think personally it's a yeah. little annoying, but they are great in the, in the ring and they obviously belong where they belong, but it, it's not yeah. for me. Yeah. It's not for me. For sure. But I think that that, that might be the long term angle that they're going with here is is like I, I a never split about, that group. I never thought about that the possibility of Hangman Page reuniting with it. I actually, you yeah. know what? If that's the way it goes. I wouldn't complain at all. You'd get some great stuff out of there. This might not be until like Revolution twenty twenty three, but like Page. that's that's what I'm thinking. Like it's going to be a few years. And, you know, and I think another thing that popped in my head, can you imagine, like, yeah. I, I, I've said it on record before. Can you imagine CM Punk and MGF? Can you imagine Kevin Steen and MGF? Oh, my God. Oh. Just two of them in the ring. Oh, that would be insane. Yeah, yeah, I think they're both on the same level in terms of I don't give a shit. <laughs> Here's what's crazy. So WWE is has a very limited roster right now, you could say. Like, they do not have as many rosters, not nearly as many roster members as AEW. And they make more money. And you figure. can think of, like, 
and you think of all the matches that they've done recently in WWE, it's like, what is there left? There's no real opponent for uh, Roman Reigns, you know? Like, it, the Demon is is great, but, like, we've seen Balor and Reigns. We've seen Balor and uh, whoever. We've seen Bobby Lashley and Randy Orton a million times. We've seen Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre a million times. So there's not a lot of fresh options. But with AEW, yeah. you think of, like, the list goes on and on and on and on of matches that you would want to see. And that's the beauty of the spending of- system, too, is you're not always stuck in a two-, three-month feud, per se, for the title. Yeah. Yeah, you can really stretch things out, and yeah. you don't necessarily have to have the same match over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Like, there's some instances where I think you do, like Miro versus Eddie Kingston in New York. Yeah. Eddie Kingston beating Miro for the title in his hometown. Mm-hmm. I think that's there's definitely going to... Uh, most likely happen yeah. there. Like, okay, that we just saw that match, but we'll say it again. But, like, a lot of times they'll do a match, somebody will win, they'll move on, you know? And yeah. I think that, yeah, it's it's really, I, I think the show flows a lot better that way. You're, yeah, it's not, and doesn't then, get like, stale like WWE. Well, then that's one of the things that's, that is a kind of annoying about WWE. Like, we know that you have the ability to make their own stars. We've clearly seen it with Roman Reigns, John Cena, like Triple H, all those guys. But their problem is, is they're not always cultivating that, not always creating new stars. And it's like, they're waiting until like the very, very last minute until they have to do it. It's like they're that, because that would be an easy fix for the problem is if they were pushing more of their other talent instead of the same people over and over again. And that's where AEW has them beat. Because like I said, they got the the ranking system. So it's not the same thing every week. Yeah, you could do fresh mashups, and it's an ever-changing list where, like, yeah. one guy loses, he slips down in the rankings, another guy beats exactly. one of the guys at the top, he moves up, sort of thing. And, yeah, Justin brings up a good point here. Literally, Roman Reigns, they had to bring in Brock, a part-timer, to have something yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's, yeah, it just gets got so stale. The, the difference with that one, though, is we kind of knew that was where it was going to go eventually. It was just yeah. a, not, not a matter of if, it was a matter of when. Yeah, and, and to be fair, it's the most interesting storyline in WWE sure. right now, like easily, um, yeah. with with Roman and what's going on. Like, who do, who is Paul Heyman going to side with, and and that sort of dynamic. So yeah, like I know that, you at least that part about it. I know you haven't seen SmackDown, but he's the guy to watch on SmackDown because he might not say anything sometimes. Yeah. But if you watch him in the background, for example, there's a moment where Roman Reigns is just standing there, and Paul Heyman does not break is gaze from him like the whole time in the middle of the arena wow. he's just staring at him and it's like yeah he's, uh, he's the best part of, of of smackdown in my opinion and, and that's what's great about paul Heyman too is mm-hmm. he, he's just a master at those expressions those facial expressions yeah. and, and not ever breaking like yep. it's it's pretty pretty amazing like yeah i'm pretty paul sure Heyman. he didn't even blink like yeah yeah Paul Heyman has always been one of my favorite managers in in WWE, if not, if not my favorite. I think he's he's easily like on the for top. For me, it's probably the bringing Heenan, but like uh, Paul Heyman is one of my. If I were to look at like probably most influential people in the business, he's about Mount Rushmore caliber in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's him and Heenan, and I don't know, maybe Paul Bearer. Uh, uh, I would actually put Jim Cornette in there. Uh, and oh, I think we lost Soda. Oh no, he's back. No, I'm still here for all four okay. managers, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it would be Cornette, uh, Paulie Heyman, uh, Bobby Heenan, and I would put Jimmy yeah. Hart as well. Oh, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. That's yeah. a great call. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, kind of uh, speaking of, of managers, we had a, did have a big angle at the beginning of Rampage that I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about uh, as we kind of review the show a little bit here. 
Uh, we kicked off with Andrade versus Pac, which was an awesome match. Which it was, but did you find it a little weird that they started with both of them in the ring? No entrances? Yeah, they didn't get any entrances. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think this show, I mean, this show was good. I enjoyed it, but I think what it's it suffered from maybe the same problem that Dynamite had, where it felt very rushed mm. at times. And they're trying to get a lot of stuff on there in an hour. And it was also taped on Wednesday. Yeah. So part of it is that it was the third hour of like a taping. So that might have played into to part of some of the like the editing weird like kind of editing things because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if you've noticed but it did definitely seemed like there was ch- some choppy editing at times yeah. in the show and, and, and like it, it, I I first noticed it when it's like okay why are they starting in the ring that's when that's when I first started to see something might be a little different yeah yeah but we did have the the Pack versus Andrade match which was a very good match I, I yeah. enjoyed the hell out of this uh, some really yeah. great moves. In there, and there, there was one point where Andrade did like a, a flip. He looked like he spun around about a hundred times before he landed on Pac out, out the outside of the ring. Yeah, love that there was, move. And, there was one he did where he he ran to the ropes, he ran back, he springboarded off the turnbuckle, and he did the spl- he did the 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 plancha. But he's halfway through the, doing the move already, and then he spins. And it's like, yeah. how the hell did he do that? How did he elevate himself like that? It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Andrade, man, the athleticism in this dude is unbelievable and underutilized um, in WWE. Like you, you yeah. always hear like they're always after the Latino market. They're always after the, uh, you know, the next Rey Mysterio. Andrade could have been what they wanted Alberto Del Rio to be easily. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like, and sort of that Eddie Guerrero, yeah, uh, flair as well, and. Really, all they needed to do is just put the guy out there, and and yeah. he's gonna get over because he's just yeah. naturally he has that natural charisma sort he of has, thing. He has it. Yeah, yeah, and and so I'm glad to see them sort of utilizing it in AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people were complaining about his first match with Matt Seidel, and like, oh, he's done for. He's doomed. Like, you're always gonna get those those fans that are gonna say all that shit. But like, you know, do do not judge a man on his, on his first match. You know. And, and this match, I think, proved that, yeah, he's he's the real deal. And I, I think he's kind of one of those guys that really could bring in that sort of Latino community and somebody that could get get over big, you know, almost like a Rey Mysterio. And I, I don't know if his um, – uh, what the sort of angle is going to go, if he's going to turn babyface, because we did sort of get this moment at this finish here where and and it's been very divisive. I've seen, seen some yeah. people that love it and some people that hate it. Uh, like Brian Christensen here says the ending sucked. Um, but I I would say that it, it was interesting. Like so, uh, there's some distraction going on between the one of the two guys that's manage, manager, not Chavo Guerrero, but the other guy is was for yeah, his well, name. I, I don't know who his name is yet. Yeah, but but uh, so he the other guy distracts the ref and Chavo gets in the middle of the ring and hits Pac with a like a iPad kind of thing and uh and then Andrade gets the pin um and afterwards he didn't even real seemingly realize that Chavo Guerrero had gone in there to cheat mm-hmm. for him and he was like looking at the iPad like asking him what was going on and he's basically like oh I'm not I'm gonna have anything to do with that turns on Chavo Guerrero beats him down. Yeah, uh, leaves leaves him to the wolves. Basically, the the Death Triangle who assaults him even further. But this is kind of interesting. I I wasn't. I did get it spoiled for me on Wednesday because this is like a big angle, and 
anytime mm-hmm. you have a big angle on a pre-tape show, it usually gets out there on the internet. So if you listen to any sort of wrestling uh, or read any sort of wrestling journalism, you're going to see the spoilers. So I did see that Andrade turned on Chavo beforehand, but seeing it in the way that it played out, um, I don't know. I think uh, it's weird because he definitely had been established as a heel and somebody that you would think would probably cheat. Well, but he seemingly didn't wasn't for the cheating, so it's, it felt out of nowhere. It felt very out of nowhere. But then when I started to think about it, what if they're setting it up so they're bringing in a better manager for him, like a certain Ric Flair? Yeah. Yes, yes. That's the we... only reason I could think of them doing this. Yeah, only reason. I would because say I that th- that, I think that would be was good with Andrade personally. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. I thought Chavo – well, it's actually, he keeps, like, upgrading in managers if he's going to get Flair next. But, like, he started yeah. out with Vicky Guerrero, which was horrible, and then he ditched her and, and got Chavo Guerrero. I was like, okay, Hopefully this works. Eddie. Yeah, but, that, but now with potentially with Flair coming in, it's like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, I, I'm not necessarily sure why you ditched Chavo. I think Chavo and Flair together might have been okay, but – yeah. I get it. Maybe, and, and Chavo, the difference, like, Chavo, I don't think is necessarily signed with AEW. He's just brought in as a manager yeah. role. Ric Flair, however, could sign a long-term deal with All Elite Wrestling and come in as, like, his full-time manager. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a, I think, a good uh, possible way that they could go. And if that's the case, we'll have three of the original four horsemen as managers. Could you? Yes. In what world? In what world? Only's not gonna happen. All we need, all we need is is uh, Barry Barry Wyndham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I talk about it with people all the time. How insane it is the wrestling world, the landscape that we live in in 2021. Even since like 2019, there's been so much change and just like crazy shit that's happened. Yeah. Like, who the fuck would we thought we would see Sting and CM Punk? In the same right. ring together in 2021, yeah. like a it year ago. Un- unimaginable. Who'd have what? thought you'd see Tully and Sting again? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's nuts. I never, honestly, I never thought I would actually ever see Tully because I thought he was done with the wrestling business. I thought he was out. Yeah. And yeah. Putting but... him with the F- FTR, genius. Perfect. Yeah. And, and Sean Spears as well. I think he's yep. helped put him over a bit, even if I know people don't really like Sean Spears, but. I think he's a good, really good manager, uh, Tully, for, for him. So, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's a very sort of interesting way for them to go. And I think that with all the reports and everything out there that Flair is coming in, he was even on BTE uh, this past week. So, he even did uh, that yeah. little thing with Orange Cassidy with the sunglasses. Yep, yep. So, <laughs> he's definitely there. I think he's been to a few of these AEW shows. He's, like, backstage hanging out with everybody. Yeah. So. Uh, I think I think he's sort of there. Who's going to say no to Ric Flair? Yeah. I guess Vince, because he fired him. So Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so craziness there. That's a sort of – that's cool kind of talking about that news as well. That was the other mm-hmm. – one of the other things I wanted to bring up was Ric Flair and sort of the possibility of him coming in. But, you know, just another big name to get even more eyes on yeah. the product, you know, because I feel like with the momentum that they're on right now, as a company, it's buzzing, but then you'd think that at some point it's going to maybe die down a little bit in terms of momentum. But I, I think they're just going to keep going. Yeah. Uh, you have Bray Wyatt potentially coming in at the end of this month. Maybe. You have Ric Flair possibly coming in. You got 
maybe Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in January. Yep. So, and then who knows after that? So I think that they're just on an upward swing. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, what do you think about maybe, uh, cause, okay, this is another sort of divisive one. Uh, the report that was out today said that Bray Wyatt, aka Wyndham Rotunda, which is probably the name he's going to go by, uh, is possibly going to debut in Rochester, New York on the AW Dynamite, uh, September 29th episode. And given that Mr. Brody Lee, was the late great Brody Lee uh, was supposed to debut in that Rochester show. This might be sort of a tribute kind of way for them to go about it. But I've seen some people that do not want to have anything to do with Bray Wyatt and AEW, and I've seen other people that are all for it. But what do you think, sir? I'm all for it because I would love to see Bray Wyatt, not like I'm not like Bray Wyatt, but in a Bray Wyatt type, become the new leader of the Dark Order. Because they're doing this weird angle right now where they're fighting against each other. Well, who better to to reunite the Dark Order than Wyndham Rotunda, which I really hope he's not going to go with his real name. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of his name. <laughs> um, but I, that's where I, I could see them going. Him like building up the Dark Order where they still have that what we love about the Dark Order, but I think bringing in Bray, they can make them something bigger. That's kind of what I want to see. Will it happen? Who knows? Because I've also heard he might be going to Impact as well. Yeah, that was one of the other, there was conflicting reports about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a report a few weeks ago that it used definitely from Dave Meltzer was saying he's expected to sign with AEW, and then somebody else had, like uh, Sean Ross Sapp or whoever was saying, no, that's not the case. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. It's probably going to go to Impact. And Brian Alvarez was saying he thinks he's going to go to Impact, so there's a bunch of people saying that. Uh, but then the report that came out this week, which I think was from Bodyslam.net or one of those Wrestle WrestleZone or one of these other news sources, was saying that okay, now he's back in talks with AEW. And the report today, which I will uh, pull up here just a second, uh, let's see. Um, it was saying that he's going to debut at the September 29th. Rochester episode. And so it, it we'll would see. make more sense for him to go to Impact. Like honestly, if you were going back, I think it'd be a great get for them, no doubt about it. But I yeah. just think AEW offers him what he didn't get in WWE, and that is creativity. Because I mean, from all accounts, every time he tried to come up with something creative, for the most part, they would shut it down. Same with Aleister Black, and look how well he's doing now that he has, you know, nobody has creative control, but now he's got some creative freedom in his own character. Can you imagine we actually get 100% fully Bray Wyatt? That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think he's either company, as you said, Mm -hmm. he he will have that creative freedom to sort of uh, do what he wants with that character. So, and really get the real fiend or whatever yeah. it's going to be and called. And Ferris put it in the in the comments, and that's, that's the thing about a lot of this generation's uh, wrestlers is all they ever ask is creative input. Yeah. Which it boggles my mind that WWE doesn't always do that because, I mean, yeah, you might come up with the ideas, but it's up to these guys to, to sell it. Like, bring them in on it. Yeah, definitely. So I think there's various reports saying that he's possibly going to debut on that yeah. – uh, Rochester show, and but it, we'll, we'll kind of see. That would, that would that would make sense. Like, I mean, you yeah. know how close they were, him and, and the late great Brody Lee. You know how close they were. So to have one of his best friends debut in his in your hometown, like, it just writes itself. Yeah. 
Well, the other impact signing that's been reported this week is uh, Adam Scher, a.k.a. Braun Strowman. So yeah. uh, most likely uh, he's going to be headed to impact, which is crazy because I remember that the report saying that he was asking for some big money. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that impact can afford him. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a really good spot for him. There's a lot of good big dudes on that show yeah. that he could have. Braun Strowman with. versus Moose? Come on. Yes, I was just going to say that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or him versus, um, like, uh, who's, the, who's the other one that came to mind? Well, like, even, of, sorry. even like some of these smaller guys, like an Eddie Edwards or a Rich Swan would be interesting. Well, what I was thinking was, um, who's it's the guy who's the X-Division champ right now, the guy that wrestles in the wrestling. Oh, Josh group. Alexander. Yes, yeah. could you imagine Braun versus him? Whoa, your, man. Your fellow Canadian, uh, yeah. Josh Alexander. Yeah, that, would, that would be, be great. a good match. That would be, I think, you, if you book that right, it could be in a similar style to Dragunov and Walter. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think he, he could fit really nicely, and I think mm-hmm. people could actually get some pretty good matches out of Adam Share. Like, yeah. I, I didn't really see much from him in WWE. It was never like, oh, man, that awesome Braun Strowman match or anything, but. There was yeah, definitely he showed yeah, showed yeah. signs of potential of being really sure. really good. Yeah, if we had I remember moment. one particular match. I think it was SummerSlam 2017 or 2018. It had uh, so Strowman, uh, Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar for the title. That would have awesome. been. I think that was 2017. 2017 SummerSlam Somewhere, sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, definitely has has shown that he he really. Yeah, you you look at that match on paper, it's like okay, that match just doesn't sound good, but it was better than expected for four giant slabs of meat beating each other. It was yeah. <laughs> well, Ferris here says he misses Petey Williams. In fact, Ferris Petey Williams has is on Impact and he's been wrestling on that mm-hmm. show the last few months. I know nobody watches Impact, but. Um, he's, he's on there. So he's when I started watching impact back when it's Astro was on TNA, like uh, TN, uh, no TNN, sorry. Uh, Spike, that shows how old I am sometimes. Uh, <laughs> he was one of the ones I gravitated towards you, not just because he was Canadian, but because I'd never seen a move like the Canadian destroyer before. Yeah. Yeah. He was like the innovator of the Canadian destroyer. We were talking about that last night uh, in the, uh, LGR discord, just about how like, uh, that what that move entails and everything, yeah. and, and 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 like people are saying, oh, it's overdone now and everything. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Like, but I yeah, the Canadian destroyer off the apron looked always looked so brutal. Well, we had something similar at all out. We had a Canadian destroyer off the top rope in the cage. Yeah, <laughs> like crazy. And yeah, in a way, you're right. It is a little drawn out. It's not like this nowhere near where the super kick is at, but. It's always fun to watch Dustin Rhodes do it and then to see Ricky frickin' Morton do it and do it better than most people. Like, that's what I love about that move. It's just like it's getting these old guys to do it, and they're doing really, really well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So, yeah, Impact is on Access TV on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's where you can check that show out. Um, But kind of continuing talking about this Rampage show from last night, uh, we did have some other stuff on there. We got like uh, a little bit of of uh, Sting and Darby, and like sort of the Tully angle yeah. there. There was supposed That's to be like answering this challenge. The way the segment ended was really weird for me. Weird, yeah, I yeah. agree. He pulls Darby out, singles a check on him, and then that's it. It's like, if it, yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, it, he was almost like trying to distract Sting and like yeah. Sean Spears attacking from behind. But 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's to set up the uh, the match next mm-hmm. week between Darby and Sean Spears. So. Do you think we're going to see Sting versus Tully in some form? Um, it's I hope not in a singles match. Uh, in a tag match, you might yeah. be able to get it to work if it's like maybe Tully and Sean Spears against Darby and Sting. I think you mm-hmm. might be able to do something there. But I don't know, man. I mean, we saw Tully wrestle a little bit in that match with FTR, yeah. and he didn't really do much. He had a couple spots, but like I, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to see them. I don't want to see those two old guys like yeah. go at it. Man. And, like, and fair is the only reason I personally hate Sean Spears is because I'm jealous of who he's married to. <laughs> well, there is that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they're going to be coming in anytime soon. The well, the, they did recently the announce that they're coming back to wrestling, and they had another name that was using that double I thing. I can't remember what it the was. The inspiration. Inspiration. I remembered it. Yeah. Yeah. The two eyes. I think so. no. I think so. I could see them going to, to AEW. I could also see them going to Impact Wrestling. Yeah. I think that, that's I think a, another good spot for them. for them. I think yeah. like a Ring of Honor wouldn't really work. No. Uh, no because think, they're more – they are while they're, they're good in the ring, they do have that more entertainment feel, and I think they're better suited yeah. for a bigger TV show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Adelia, yeah. Uh, he's married to uh, Cassie Lee, uh, formerly um, – what was her name in, in – uh, Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce. He's married to Peyton yeah. Royce. Yeah. Yeah, uh, lucky fucking bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so kind of uh, moving on here, we did get a couple video packages between uh, with Adam Cole and the Elite and uh, and Brian Danielson all just kind of speaking on sort of the stuff that's gone down so far. And uh, yeah, Danielson continuing to build up a potential match with uh, Kenny Omega, and that's just very, very exciting. And that's like a dream match that everybody wants to see. I think. Well, they they have wrestled before, but that was back when Kenny first started. So it'd be interesting. It'd be right. fun to see them now. But this is one of the things that AEW does that I really like. It gives it giving it that old fairs. Come on, <laughs> giving it that old <laughs> wrestling style uh, feel. Where instead of instead of like just a, a promo video, it's like no, you're getting these interviews with the wrestlers like the, you used to do back in the day. And yeah, I, I like that more so than just the standard video package. I think it's I think it's better. Yeah, I do as well, and I, I like it kind of what they did, what they've been doing on Rampage. Uh, the last like, well, it's only been what five episodes now, but like, uh, the the whole like in between interview with uh, um, Mark, Mark Henry. Henry. I love yeah. that. That's a great uh, touch before the main event. I love it. Old school wrestling at its finest yeah. right there. And, uh, where it's and, like Mark Henry feels perfectly suited for that. Yeah, he does. Because he doesn't need to do much. Uh, what are your thoughts on the match tonight? And he asks them, they, the one group cuts a promo, asks the other group, they cut a promo, and he's like, all right, well, that's enough talking for now. On yeah. with the match. But he does it with that Mark Henry Southern charm yeah. that you can't help but love. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. He was on uh, Talk is Jericho this week. I highly recommend people go listen to that because he actually discusses why he left WWE for AEW. And I, you know what? I think he's justified to do it. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys are, to be fair. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. Basically, of... he, he, he came down to he was it was a similar situation to a lot of the wrestlers, and he left as, as a say, I'm going to prove you guys wrong. Yeah. But I, yeah, I recommend go much. listen to that interview. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so it, what it's looking like here with, with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, uh, sort of finish where my, my point was trying to make here. Oh yeah. So I think that, um, 
that's a pay-per-view match, Brian Danielson yeah. and Kenny Omega. That's probably your full gear main event. Yeah, that has to be. Uh, I would guess. But you got this big Arthur Ashe Stadium show coming up in a couple weeks as well in New York City. And I think what they're going to do is a pretty badass tag team match. Uh, yeah. Eight-man eight tag. I, I think it's going to be uh, Christian Cage and um, Brian Danielson and probably – uh, like Frankie Kazarian, yeah, uh, or or Jungle Boy and Lucha, uh, Soros, and I think that those four will take on probably Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and Adam Cole. Which that would, would be my sense. guess, yeah. Because you can't do a title match there between that uh, between Omega and Cole right. Wally or uh, Omega and um, Daniel Danielson. Yes, it yeah. would bring in big money, but it's just based on what they're doing. It wouldn't make sense because Daniel Bryce right away in the ranks. Yeah, and what you could do is you could have Brian Danielson pin Kenny Omega in this match, yeah. sort of New yeah. Japan style, to set up that match at Full yeah. Gear. So That's going to yeah, be an all-time main event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like, talk about dream matches that I've been wanting to see the most. I, I, those two for a title, yeah. man. That's a, a big pay-per-view draw right there. While that is a bigger pay-per-view draw, though, the one I really want to see over that is Daniel Bryan's and Adam Cole. Oh, yeah, because we saw a pretty awesome match between those two on SmackDown a couple yeah. years ago. Now, can you imagine so. them with, with no restraints? Oy. Oh, man. <laughs> Making me drool over here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's good thing you got towels behind you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but moving on, we'll talk about the last couple quick things here on the yep. show uh, before we wrap everything up today. But uh, we did get uh, a pretty fun, uh, what I thought, women's tag match, mm-hmm. uh, despite Re- Re- Rebel being in there. Uh, it was Britt Baker and Rebel and Jamie Hayter against Chris Statlander, uh, Riho, and uh, Ruby Soho. And One really great. One of things is not like the other. It right. Just, kind of stands out a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of colors there between yeah. Riho and uh, Chris and, and Ruby. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I thought this was a very fun tag match, actually, and really cool to see Ruby in there working, and I'm really looking forward to their match. Uh, and I'm thinking it might, that might be a good – uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium show Rampage main event. So we're talking oh, yeah. probably the September 24th episode so of Friday. Rampage. Next, yeah. Not this upcoming Friday, the Friday after that. Yeah. The following Friday. I wouldn't be surprised if they put that on as the main event of Rampage for that show. Now, do you Ruby think Rojo, Ruby Soho versus is the one to dethrone Brick Baker? I don't think she no. is. No, I think that uh, – and actually we can quickly talk about this report that also came up today – which is that there are big plans for Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in 2022. So big match, most likely taking place in early 2022. Uh, I would guess at Revolution. And they've been discussing a lot of possible major stipulations, according to Wrestling Observer, including everything from a cage match to a hair match. Which wow. I, one of those sounds a little bit better than, than the other, but yeah, I'd rather um, see the cage match personally. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, big big match there. I believe that Thunder Rosa will be the one to eventually dethrone Britt Baker. Yeah, that makes sense. I I could honestly that rivalry I could see it being AEW's 
equivalent of what we got with Sasha and Charlotte a number of years ago. Yeah, or Sasha and but, Bailey even before that. I mean, you don't have the former yeah. best friends thing yeah. there, but still, in terms of match quality and rivalry, yeah, yeah I think I would agree. Because we all saw what they did with that lights out match. Just my God, like yeah, yeah, maybe the best was, women's match I've ever seen. It's it, up there, but can it's you there. The Bailey and Sasha, yeah. Oh man, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. especially like in a steel cage or something. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, because they already done the lights out match. You got to amp it up somehow. Yeah, or last woman standing could be another yeah. interesting option, or two out of three falls, something yeah. like that. I see a lot of people calling for that to possibly main event pay per view. Um, I think it would be. And, and, you know what? I think, I it, think could. it could. I think it could too. Uh, I I don't know if if you have like Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page on the same show. Uh, I think you got to do Omega and Page in the main event, especially if Page is going to be winning, but not necessarily – you couldn't do them back-to-back. You could have it be like a co-main event type, type mm. of situation there. But there's a debate to be had, as, as crazy as it sounds, between which one of those matches main events the pay-per-view, if that's even that, we get a revolution. A good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It really, really is. It's part of what I think makes AW so great. It's like, oh, this match could main event, or this yeah. match could main event, and – you don't necessarily have to have the the world title on as the main event. I think they usually will. Uh, most pay-per-views will have the world title on the main event. I think they kind of want to stick to that. I think that's what Tony Khan kind of wants to do, like sort of traditional. Yeah, but, but that, that's the thing about Tony Khan, though, he's smart listening to the fans, so he feels yeah. the Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker match has the bigger buzz going into it. And, yeah, I think he might make the right call. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so definitely some stuff to look forward to there in the women's division, and uh, definitely would look look forward to uh, a Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa rematch because yeah, I think that that lights out match they had earlier this year was yeah on the level of like Bailey Sasha and NXT takeover. I love Britt Baker to to the moon because <laughs> she's awesome. She's a good wrestler, but she, her her promos are great, she, and she's got that attitude about her. It's like you can't help but love her. Yeah, she's got that character. Like, yeah, she's a heel, but she's just so much charisma and just yeah. so much natural attitude that, yeah, you you really can't help but love her. And, and that all you know? came out to the forefront in her hometown, Britsburg. Like, oh yeah, was a absolutely. Phenomenal segment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so m- moving on, the the main event of Rampage last night was the hometown boy yep. Brian Pillman Jr. going on going up against. Platinum Max Caster uh, from the Acclaimed. Uh, I I gotta say, I fucking love the Acclaimed. I know that Max Caster pissed a lot of people off, and 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 then they made fun of that during the during the rap. Yeah, yes, they did a couple times. Now he's had a couple raps since he's been back. One of them was on Dark, Um, but he's they've definitely been playing off of that. Dude, you can't say that sort of thing. You're on thin Uh, ice. (laughs) You're on thin ice, Caster. Yeah. So, uh, good stuff there, and another great rap. Uh, and I just, yeah, I I love these guys, and I know that the internet tried to cancel Max, Max Caster, but uh, you failed, you failed, and and this guy's not going anywhere. My brain kicks out whenever I hear him freestyle because I'm sitting there. It's like, oh, he came in on the wrong beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he just had another yo. Yo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, you came on to the three end. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, absolutely. But yeah, we got a fun little match here. Yeah. It wasn't very long, but uh, definitely you know, put Bill right on the crowd home happy after a long day of taping. You got to see the hometown guy go over, which WWE doesn't do. Yeah. God, like he was over, man. And he had the promo of his life on Dynamite. He might he didn't yes. win the promo battle, but you know what? He stood toe to toe with MJF and he did a good job. Yeah, man, and this is all about building up future stars, you know. Mm-hmm. Brian Pillman Jr. is one of those guys, and I think yeah. to have a match against MJF this early he's, on and build it their careers is really yeah, – He's not there yet. You can tell by worry, by watching that right. he still has a ways to go, but you can definitely see he's got his dad's talent. Yes. And that's a good thing. Yes, I agree. I think a lot of what a lot of people said is he just needs to work on his promo a little bit more, but I think he really showed something in that promo yeah. that he cut Cincinnati – and I think that, yeah, as, as kind of where I was leaning towards here is like MJF against, um, um, you know, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. in New York is going to be an interesting one to go back and watch like a few years from now. Because both of these guys are like possible f- faces of, well, MJF already, but like yeah, MJF Pillman, MJF Jr., is, Pillman Jr. Pillman yeah, Jr. MJF is there he's already. In, he's in the Roddy Piper in 1980s spot. Yes, it's a good comparison. Yeah. But I think Pillman Jr. is somebody that will be a big star in this company mm-hmm. in like a few years. But Agreed. I think they're obviously you're going to build him up. Got some more polishing first. he needs to do. Like when he when he delivered the uh, the the um, his dad's old finishing move, the clothesline off the top yeah. rope. It's a little weird. I don't know if that's how he normally does it, where he clotheslines, but he kind of like bulldogs them on the way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but. Yeah, I mean, it might have a, like a variation of it that he does, but Maybe. Uh, it's still cool to see. I mean, and especially like coming out in his dad's spring gear. Yes, that he was pretty looks cool. So much like his dad, and like, he's I, just a freaking clone, you know. It never clued into me until it was pointed out on Rampage that Brian Pillman Senior did that as an homage to the Bengals. It never clued into me all these years. Yeah. Same here. I was like, oh yeah. my god, yeah, this is Bengals gear. Yeah. Holy shit! And then I'm sorry, Bengals fans. You, you poor Bengals fans have had it rough over the years. Yeah. Like, I feel for that. Um, but you know, as you said, great way to send the crowd home mm-hmm. happy here. And you know, as uh, Pillman got the win, he got beat down a little bit by by the acclaim. But Moxley comes out yeah. to save the other hometown hero, yeah. Cincinnati. And they sort of stand tall over the heels to yeah. end the show. So and, and Brian uh, Pillman Jr. had it. That wasn't the end of his week because right after the show, his sister went to labor. Yeah, yeah, that's then, that's so funny. Yeah, and now they, his, his uh, I think it's his nephew is born. His birthday is the day after his. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right because his birthday was the other day birthday, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah his birthday on Thursday, I think. That's so funny how those yeah. things happen. But yeah, oh, yeah. congratulations to uh, to Brian Pillman Jr.'s. Uh, Sister and the birth of their their yeah. new kids. So that's I, I'm assuming you watched the Pine Pillman Dark Side of the Ring episode. Uh, I I've heard. Oh man, it's just one of those things. I've heard so many great things about it, and I just haven't had a chance to sit okay. down and watch it. Yet. Get off your butt and watch it. But okay, after, coming out of that, Brian Pillman Jr. is somebody you want to root for. In yes. Life. Yeah, and and that's what I've heard. That yeah, this really kind of think put him on the map. This Dark Side of the Ring episode. Yeah. Um, to a point where he's he's now like beloved yeah, exactly. with a lot of, a lot of people more so than he was before, yeah. and and yeah, as you said, somebody you want to root for and you wish nothing but success yeah. for them. And I who deserve, absolutely who deserve it. Yeah, 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 and somebody to sort of carry on that legacy that his father left, and, and his father 
left some pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah. Really did. So Brian yeah. Cohen Jr.'s got a uh, he's got a long road ahead of him, but I'm confident mm-hmm. he can do it. Yeah, and with his dad having such a short career, the short career that he did and dying so young, like tragically, I think for for Pillman Junior, yeah. uh, there's a good p- potential for him to have a very long career and a very successful career. And not just that, in AEW, he's got the masters to learn from people who knew his dad and can help them. Maybe, hey, your dad kind of did it like this. If he's going for the flying clothesline or whatever, it's like your dad kind of did it like this, or you know. You you know just kind of that stuff, and then you could also help them build a character like a guy like a Mark Henry can, a Tully can, mm-hmm. an Arn yep. Anderson. Like he's learning not just from people who knew his dad, but some of the best people to learn from. Yeah, yeah, it's really really cool to see, man. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like next generation, second generation wrestlers sort of carrying on their their parents' Agreed. traditioning and carrying on the Agreed. spirit of pro wrestling because that's yeah. why we're all here, right? Is to watch great professional wrestling. Exactly, and, and right and now that's is a like, great time to be a wrestling yep, fan. Absolutely, and like to quote Brian Danielson here just a, a few weeks ago, uh, he said something along the lines of, I am here to put on great professional wrestling matches because great prof- uh, when you show anybody that's not a wrestling fan a great professional, great professional wrestling match, they are going to like it because great professional wrestling is fucking awesome. And amen to that, Brian Davis. Amen. And it was weird to hear him say fucking. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But it was still a, it was a, it was a great quote for sure. And yeah. I'm sorry that I butchered it. But um, thank you so much to Soda here for coming on the debut episode of the show. It's been a lot of fun talking to AEW and just Boy. wrestling in general. And that's kind of what I, what we're going to do on this show is we're going to have a rotating uh, panel of special guests to kind of come in and talk about not just AEW, but everything else in the world of pro wrestling and the news and everything and kind of weave that in and out. And uh, appreciate everybody tuning in for me and Justin Hamilton's reviews that we've been doing here, twitch.tv slash LGR Network every Wednesday uh, at 11 p.m. Eastern. So about an hour after AEW goes off the air, we will be here at twitch.tv slash LGR Network recapping the show. And then, of course, you can catch me uh, on this show on Saturdays as well. So a lot of fun wrestling content here on the channel and it just make sure to follow us. If you have it here on Twitch and uh, if you subscribe, you'll also get access to our discord, uh, which is a lot of fun. You can go in there and talk with us about wrestling and movies and TV and Schmodown and everything else that we got going on. So uh, soda again, want to appreciate you uh, coming on the show. And why don't you let everybody know where what you got coming up in terms of shows and where they can find you. Okay, so first you can follow me on my personal Instagram and Twitter at soda underscore the underscore saxman. Uh, I don't really tweet out a lot, but if I do, it's usually about wrestling or whatever. Um, you can also find me on several different shows over on the Schmoes of the North channel. You can find me right now on Recap in the Past, myself, Ben Rayner, and uh, 50 Shades of Geek. We are doing the um, the modern Doctor Who. We are currently going into Series 4 of that. Um, we've also got Shooting the Breeze, which is just kind of like our are literally shooting the breeze show where you just talk about whatever um, there's showdown night in Canada, which is co- now that things are kind of settled down, we're going to be going back to our old schedule of Fridays and Sundays. Um, and then tonight in two hours, I am producing um, let's talk about star Wars, which is our uh, star Wars show on the channel uh, tonight. We're having our fourth edition of star of alien or not uh, the alien or not game. Basically, uh, you have to just guess. You have to say whether you think the alien described is from Star Wars or not. You get a bonus point if you can name the the alien. 
and uh, tonight's competitors, we've got uh, Dave and Lou from Schmoes of the North, of course, and Taco, nice. the host, uh, versus Brendan Marr from the FCL. Ooh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's, that's a, good a good one. one. I played him in a, in a John Roca a Patreon match. That guy's intimidating when it comes to trivia. <laughs> Dude, that guy's the real deal. I'm like, yeah. this hashtag been going around Brennan three belts. I think like yeah. that's he has a legit shot to win every single belt in that league. He, like, he's a scary, he's really scary good. competitor. And I was just playing him in a, just for fun in, a, in an Outlaw Nation match. I wouldn't want to play him in a league like like yeah. I mean like an FCL. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So I appreciate everybody here tuning in as always. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with Charlie Widman as our special guest. Our nice. Familiar, familiar face. So, uh, didn't know he thanks. was into wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't either until we started talking about it. Uh, and the last time we did a show together, and we spent the like an hour after the show went off the air talking more about wrestling. Oh, so yeah. uh, that'll, be, that'll be fun to have him on, on and talk about that as well. And you can catch Any Given Schmo Day here as well tomorrow. At uh, 5.30 Eastern, we are back at the usual time. I had some plans changed, moved some things around. So we are at our normal time tomorrow, and we'll have a big announcement of a special guest that we're going to have on the following week. So uh, a lot of good stuff to look forward to there. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you all again soon.